Romans chapter number 8, verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Mm-hmm. Brother John and I were talking, I don't know, Monday or Tuesday, and we got to talking about some of these things, about the sufferings of this present world and how they don't compare to what some of the other men dealt with. And then it got down to they don't compare to what Christ Himself had to suffer. And so when we compare the troubles that we're in in light of His sufferings, they seem awful small. But Paul says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So tonight we're going to preach on this thought, groaning now, glory later. You have in Romans chapter number 8, you, probably the most familiar verse is verse number 28, but you have hope, comfort, strength. You have anticipation here in our verse. It says, it shall be revealed in us. The chapter begins with two wonderful words. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation. And then you have from there, you have all kinds of good news. Verse number 14 and 15, it says that because we're not condemned, there in verse number 1, it says that we are the sons of God. Then it says in verse 17 that we are joint heirs with Christ. In verse number 19, it says we will be glorified with Christ. In verse number 28, it says all things work together for good to them that love God. And then in verse number 38 and 39, it says that we can never be separated from God's love. So there's a lot in this particular chapter of the book of Romans, but we cannot neglect verse number 18 because there is a promise for believers here that suffer for the cause of Christ. And so very quickly, I hope tonight as we'll preach on the thought tonight, number one, there is suffering now. There is suffering now. I've told you before, I've told our men's Bible study that Romans is is separated into sections, but one thing that, that cannot be ignored, and Brother Milton Taylor will tell you this over and over again, uh, that there are positional truths, and there are some things that as a child of God, you are now. Well, also as a child of God, you need to understand some things that are now, and suffering is now. Uh, there's experience and experience sometimes entails sufferings, and those are some things, some degrees that we have to deal with in our lives right now. Yes, we can look at our history books and we can see the sufferings of a bygone era. Uh, we can kind of look ahead and we can see some things that may happen. But what are we suffering now? Well, every hospital shouts that there is suffering now. There was a lady in our church in Knoxville. She wrote a little, little article in a, a paper that we had for some time about the sirens and, and we, we live just a, or our church 
church was just a mile uh, to the, I guess it would be to the west of the interstate. And there was a hospital just as the crow flies less than a mile from where our church was and where she lived. And she said, no matter what time of the day, I hear sirens, I hear ambulances, I hear fire trucks, I hear police sirens. And all of those sirens make me stop for a moment and say a prayer for the policeman that's going to a home where there's a battered woman or a child. There's a, uh, there's someone maybe loaded up or will be loaded up in an ambulance. There's a fire truck going to help someone in need or going to a fire. And she said, I have to stop and realize that though I'm all alone and though I don't have much to my name, there are some that are in a worse condition than I am. And so hospitals shout that their sufferings now. Uh, every siren that cries in the middle of the night shout that there are sufferings now. Uh, there are physical, there are emotional sufferings that uh, we individually and collectively often have have to deal with and we bear some of those sufferings are brought on by others some sufferings are brought on by outside sources some even are brought on by ourselves but Paul in his writings he understood and he knew what it was to suffer uh, you begin to study the life of Paul throughout uh, the book of Acts and then through uh, the rest of his writings you'll find uh, that he had gone many times without food you'll find that he was beaten many times uh, you find that he was stoned. You will find that he had been in storms. You'll find that he had been shipwrecked. But through all of those things, uh, the one thing that was constantly on his mind was a thorn in the flesh. But when it came to that, he heard from God and said that my grace is sufficient for thee. He never brought up really the stonings or the beatings. He never brought up the whippings. He never brought up the shipwrecks uh, to God saying, God, look what I've done. Uh, but rather, he counted those for loss and he counted those for dung. Uh, they were nothing compared to the sufferings of Christ. And he counted it for glory. So groanings now, but glory later. You'll find that Jesus suffered for us. In uh, the book of Galatians, chapter number 1, verse number 4, uh, the Bible says, "...who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So that's another kind of uh, point on the, sir, the the message tonight in this present evil world. Uh, but know this tonight, though you may be suffering now, and though Jesus may have suffered then, He suffered then so you and I will have freedom one of these days. So that you and I can, can be removed from uh, the sufferings of this world one day. In Ephesians chapter Chapter number 5, verse number 16. Uh, the very familiar uh, point of this is redeeming the time. But the rest of that is because the days are evil. So tonight, number 1, know that there is suffering now. We can go from person to person and we can find something that we may be suffering through. We can, whether it's health or whether it's a loss or whether it's a child or whether it's a burden we're bearing or, or it, it could be finances, it could be the job, it could be the heat of the day, it could be the long hours of the, whatever it may be. We think about those sufferings, but know that that's not the end. There is suffering now, but point number two, there will be glory later. 
there's, I'll try not to, to take a lot of time when I say this, but there's a, a story about a man that was placed in the coffin after he had passed away. And in his hand, someone had placed a fork. And the story goes that the whispers kept wondering or kept going as people passed by the, the casket. What in the world is the fork for? What is this for? And long story short, uh, the answer that, that predominantly was given was he always loved his desserts and he would eat his meal and he would eat his bread. He would eat everything on the table, but someone would say, save your fork for the best is yet I'm about to run for the best is yet to come. And they said as we, as we pass by that casket and they placed that fork in his hand, uh, someone said it wasn't the end of the meal yet. It wasn't the end of his story. He may have lived a wonderful life here. He may have died a peaceful death here, but the best was yet to come. And I want us to know number two tonight that there will be glory later. And so we see that there the best is yet to come. In John 14, verse number 1, down through verse number 6, he says, let not your heart be troubled. I don't give a flying flip in the wind what day of the week it is. You start reading, let not your heart be troubled. Something's going to stir in my soul. Because it doesn't matter what day of the week or what hour of the day. Somewhere somebody that I know is going through some trouble. But honey, I can turn over here and hear the words of Christ saying, let not your heart be troubled. Yes, I know you just lost a loved one, but don't be troubled. Yes, I know you just lost a job. Just don't be troubled. Yes, I know that your finances are weak, but let not your heart be troubled. I know that relationships on the rocks, but let not your heart be troubled. I know school, I know life is weighing on you, but let not your heart be troubled. Listen, he said, let not your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. He says, in my father's house, I like this, talking about positional things. In my father's house are many mansions. They're already there. He said, but I go to prepare a place for you. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But then he says, I go to prepare a place for you. I don't know if he's going to prepare me a mansion. I know that there are mansions over there. But I don't know that the one of those will be mine. I don't know that. But I do know that what will be mine is what he prepares for me. Not only what he prepares for me, but we've already read it that we are joint heirs with Christ. So whatever is his is mine. Y'all think about that for a moment. I said think about it for a moment. Whatever is Christ's is mine. He says, he says, I'm going to prepare a place. He says, and if I go, and if I do prepare you a place, I want you to know this. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may, may, ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. He said, Thomas, I am the way. You do, you don't know, you know it. But I am the way. He said, you may not understand, but I am the truth. He said, you may not realize it yet, but I am the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. The best is yet to come. We may have little or we may have much in this life. 
But know this, the best is yet to come. There may be groaning now, but honey, there's going to be glory later. Not only that, but we see this, to depart and be with Christ is far better. You know the scripture there in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, it says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I, what I, yet what I shall choose, I wot not. Uh, for, verse 23, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to, to depart and to be with Christ, and, uh, uh, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So let me tell you this. We just talked about heaven there in John chapter number 14, but sometimes your glory later might be down here. Might be down here. Your glory later, it might be through witness, it might through, be through harvest, it might be through some, some life situation. I don't know what it is. God may reward you while you're here. Hey, Paul says that I'm in a strait betwixt two. He said, I've got a desire to go and to be with Christ. He said, but also have a desire to be in the flesh, which is more needful for you. He says, I, I feel like my work's not done. Some of us are ready to go home, but God's not ready for us to go home yet because our work is not done. Notice some things about heaven about halfway through, so just hang on. Notice some things about heaven. It is a place of music. I told you Sunday night the music holds a special place in my heart. There's something about it. When they start playing, I, I, I do, I feel the beat. It's like my, and maybe this is something scientific, I don't know, but it's as almost if, as if my pulse begins to, to get in sync with the, the beat, the meter of the music. I was watching brother Don the other day, and he was, I don't know what this is called, but he was directing us and he was doing it right. Do you know what he was doing? He was, that was keeping time. I watch our piano players, our song leader, and every once in a while, the timing's not quite right. And so I, I noticed Brother David, he'll start patting a little bit faster. All right, come on, come on, get with me. Come on, I'm wanting to go. You get to notice some different singers They'll sing the same song slow. The next person will sing the same song fast. There's something about music that does something to me. And heaven is a place of music. Revelation chapter number five, verse number nine. I like this. And they, now remember in chapter number four, the church done got took out. So the picture now is up in heaven. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Down here, some of our, I, I could probably get a good, a good uh, metric on favorite songs if we were to go person by person. But I guarantee you songs like Amazing Grace were to be top of the list. I feel like traveling on. Press on, it won't be long. There is a fountain filled with blood. Victory in Jesus. With all of these different songs, they're wonderful. 
I love them. We sang, sang one of my favorite hymns on Sunday morning. I believe it was, It Is Well With My Soul. But one of these days, we're going to sing a new song. It will not be amazing grace. It will not be saved to the uttermost. It will not be God saves old sinners. I don't know exactly what that song will be, but it will be a new song. And it will be a song that only the saints can sing. I believe the angels will stand back. They've been tasked with glorying. They've been tasked with worshiping. But now the saints of God, now those that Christ died for, now those that that are redeemed to God by the blood of Christ out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation, now they will stand and boldly sing a new song to God. It is a place of music. It is a place of praise. I'm not going to read all of these. But Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9 through 12, he says, I beheld, lo, a great multitude, no man can number of all nations, tongues, kindred. He goes on, stood before the throne, before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands and crowd with a loud voice saying salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb and all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts they fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God and the the, 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 the people said amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Brother Langston is fond of saying, when some of y'all pass away, some of y'all die and you get to heaven, you're going to have to take a course in how to worship God. You're going to have to figure out how to say amen and glory and hallelujah, hallelujah. All of those things. You're going to have to figure out how to jump on one leg and click your feet together with the other. You're going to have to figure out how to walk the back of the pews without falling. You're going to have to figure out how to worship God. That's good to say, but I believe those saints, it's going to hit. When those saints, Brother Bobby, get to heaven, it's going to hit. There probably won't be no learning curve. It's just going to come naturally because they realize they've been redeemed. Talking about this place of heaven. It's a place of rest. Revelation 14, 13 talks about those that he said, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit that they may rest from their labors. It's a place of rejoicing. Revelation 19, verse 6 and 7, I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude and as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and His wife hath made herself ready. One of these days, One of these days, we're going to receive the glory. Listen to this. There's going to be no sickness, no sorrow, and no death. 
None of it will be there. In Revelation chapter 21, verse number 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We can raise our hands tonight. How many is hurting? Man, there'd be hands all over the building go up tonight. It'd be like a wave at a baseball game, just hands all over the place. But one of these days, when once we get to heaven, There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more pain. I saw Sister Nancy come in with a wheelchair because her legs and her back are so bad. One of these days, sis, as long as you're right with God and you get to glory, hey, all of those things will be in His image and in His likeness. I don't know where He's going to put all the wheelchairs and walkers and canes and oxygen tanks and all of those things, but they're going to be gone. They won't be up there. All of, all of the tears that we're crying and weeping and, and bearing down here, one of these days, a God is going to go and He's going to take and wipe every one of those tears away from our eyes. Hey, there's been a few times that I've had my daughters come to me. I've had my wife come to me and with tears in their eyes. And I don't understand and I can't help them. But all I can do, Brother Curtis, go up and, and just try to gently wipe those tears away. But it seems like, Brother David, every time I wipe one, two more come. How there's a burden in their heart, there's sorrow in their soul, and they're weeping, and they're and they're burdened, they're hurt, they're crying, they're they're they're, they're just tore up. But one of these days, when God wipes away all the tears, there will never be another tear that wets the face of a Christian, of a child of God, of a redeemed saint. God is going to wipe them away. Hey, 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 hey! God's going to wipe them away one of these days. No sickness, no sorrow. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could experience some of these things here? Oh, Miss Nancy. Miss Irene. No more death. Don't you wish we could kind of take some of that glory and bring it here and not have to worry about kissing our loved ones goodbye? And I don't understand all the ins and outs. But I believe that's one of those things that we can, we can glory in down here. And that is in knowing that over there, we won't have to wave goodbye anymore. We won't have to go to those hospitals anymore. We won't have to hear the sirens of the police or the ambulance or anything else. We won't have to worry about wearing a visitor's card at the nursing home. We won't have to worry about all of those things and the procedures. We will not have to worry about the things that burden us down here because of our health or the lack of health because over there all is going to be well. Lastly, the suffering now cannot be compared. To the glory later. And I need you to understand when I say glory, I'm not talking about uh, pomp and circumstances. I'm not, when I say glory, I'm not talking about us being recognized and our, our names being written in light somewhere. That's not glory that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the glory that God has over yonder. I said it the other day, Brother Josh, uh, Montgomery said it, I believe it was Brother Josh Montgomery said it a couple weeks ago at Camp Canaan. He said, God will share a lot of things, but He will not share His glory. God will share a lot of things, but He will not share His glory. We sing the song, Give Him the Glory. Do you remember? It starts off, do you remember where you were? Do you remember what God has done? 
Well, if you remember where you were, and if you understand where you are now, if you understand what God has done in your life, then give Him the glory. And I want us to know, number three, that the sufferings now cannot be compared to the glory later. One of these days, the church is going to be called away or raptured out of this place. And I'm looking forward to it. I believe as Brother John told me a week or so ago, that every morning, maybe even testified about it Sunday, Every morning he wakes up and he looks toward the eastern sky and he wonders, is today going to be the day? Is today going to be the day that the Lord breaks that eastern sky and we go up to meet him in the air? Is today when the dead in Christ are going to rise first? Is today when we're going to meet him? Is today when we're going to have our faith become sight? Is today the day that we get to say goodbye to this old world and drop this robe of flesh and rise to seize our everlasting price is today going to be the day one day we're going to have a rapture in the church it's going to mm, first thessalonians 4 13 but i will not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope for if we believe that jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep in jesus will god bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for now i mm, this word prevent it it has that that prefix pre there all right, and so what this means, I've always, I've always uh, understood it as this word prevent that the the ones that are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or shall not hinder them which are asleep. Uh, but it says that the, uh, the word prevent it means that we will not go before them. Uh, they are already with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Uh, their physical body uh, may meet us in the heavens somewhere, uh, but. I'm glad to say tonight uh, that you won't have to worry about about preventing someone uh, that's already passed from going to heaven. He says they shall not prevent them which are asleep. He said, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, uh, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. He says, uh, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words how you pass by a casket how you pass by an urn and the wife is there or the husband is there they're weeping how they've wept so much in the last few days and weeks that they cannot produce another tear but you can tell that they're broken on the inside and they're broken on the outside I don't know that there's a right thing to say but I believe that we can comfort one another uh, with the word of God and say honey I want you to know uh, that if they're a child of God a born again believer you're going to see them one day uh, now just in case there's somebody that don't have good sense here tonight when you pass by a graveside and you pass by a burial you pass by a, a casket there please be careful what you say to somebody because some of the Some of the most ignorant things that I've ever heard have been said at a casket. I'm not being cocky, but I do know I'm right. I don't know who I said, who said that. I've received, I've spoken some of those foolish things that I've heard 
so many things. I've heard things like, God will not put more on you than you can bear. That's not in your Bible. So stop saying it. I said that's not in your Bible. But you can comfort. Comfort one another with these words. Sometimes the best thing that you can do is just give a hug, give a smile, give a handshake, give a shoulder to cry on, give a sweet little note saying, I'm thinking of you. Send some flowers, send a card. Sometimes it's not about words. It's about what's in our heart. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The rapture of the church is ahead. Next, we see that the kingdom is ahead. A lot of times, and, and, and I'm not going to split hairs on this, but a lot of times we, when we're talking about Christ, we say that He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But that's not quite right. In Revelation chapter number 19, talking about the kingdom is ahead, one of these days He will set up His kingdom. And in chapter number 19, verse number 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head, excuse me, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Uh, over in, um, it's still in Revelation, trying to find it exactly. Uh, but he says at that point, on his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. One of these days he's going to set up his kingdom. We're talking about the, the glory The glory is coming. Our sufferings cannot compare to the glory that's coming. There are rewards ahead. Revelation 22, 12. Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. That's that's an encouraging. It's also a, a very worrisome scripture. We're not saved by our works, but because we're saved, we're going to work. And the scripture said here, he says that my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. So you better be working for God. There's rewards ahead. Earthly suffering is only for a time. Romans chapter number 5 verse number 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And hope make not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Earthly suffering is only for a time. We glory in the tribulation. We should glory in the tribulations that we have now because we know that Christ suffered those things for us. But we also know that one of these days we'll be with Him. This is just temporary. We're just a pilgrim passing through. This one, goodness gracious, it's probably written in the 70s or, or, or 80s. There's a song called Temporary Home. This is just a temporary home. We're on borrowed time anyway. Glory is for eternity. Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 20. 
Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Sunday, God just met with us. God came in here and He literally, He just moved near about every pew. People standing up testifying, sitting and testifying, singing and, and whatnot. Some shouting. I still ain't, some lady shouted Sunday and I don't know who it was, but it blessed me. People waving their hands. People wiping tears. People having the Holy Ghost giggles. Even still some just sitting there like a knot on a log. You might be one of those that Brother James says you're going to have to learn how to figure it out when you get to heaven. But I want you to know something tonight. Glory is for eternity. What we experienced Sunday, it was so good. But our bodies can only deal with that for so long. Our bodies can... Sister Betty, I ain't being mean to her, but she said, Now, Jamie, my neck is hurting, so don't preach long. I can't sit there long. She was joking, and I know that. So it wouldn't matter anyway. I'd preach as long as I wanted to. Somebody give her a pillow if she needs it. But our bodies can only take so much. And some of y'all are saying, ain't that the truth? Hurry this thing up. But glory is for eternity. Paul said there, he said, unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 17. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Second Timothy 4 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, so far we got, I believe it was six forever and evers. Revelation chapter 5, verse number 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. You see, glory now, or groaning now, glory later. You may be going through groaning right now. It may be as hot as it's ever been. It may be as hard as it's ever been. But I promise you, just press on, because glory is coming later. And the burdens and the heartaches and the sadness and the weariness, the pain the turmoil that you're going through, the sufferings that you're going through now, they do not compare to the glory that awaits us. We can't even scratch the surface of what glory is going to be like, what heaven is going to be like. We can read a little bit about it. We can read over there in Revelation chapter 21. We can read about all those good things, but that doesn't even scratch the surface, Nathan. That just kind of gives us a, a glimpse. Paul said, though now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. We're, we're just looking and we're trying to figure out, what is that over there? One of these days we're going to be there. One of these days we're going to see him eyeball 
two eyeball, Brother Terry. One of these days, he is going to take us by the hand. How we are going to join hands with our loved ones. We are going to be able to go down the street called straight. We are going to be able to go down that glory avenue or a hallelujah road or whatever it may be. I don't understand it. I don't understand that four square city, how it can be so big, but still just be one city. I don't understand how that all of the people throughout all of the ages that have believed and trusted in Christ will be in one city. But God is the only way that I can explain it. And by God and through God and the Lord Jesus Christ, one of these days, whether by the clouds or by the clouds, I'm going to be there and all of the suffering that I've endured down here is going to be gone, never to be remembered anymore because I'll be in the presence of an almighty God and a righteous Savior. Let's stand tonight.